Okay, um, good evening everyone. Welcome to today's edition on Really Talk with Solomon. Trust you had an amazing week. Uh, trust you're having an amazing month. And I, from what I know, I know that quite a lot of states are beginning to ease down the, the lockdown and then replacing it with more of curfew. And now I believe things are beginning to go back to normal. And um, we just hope, you know, for the best. Russia, I, I saw a tweet on 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 Twitter, I think, three days ago, about Russia coming up with um, a vaccine for the virus. I hope uh, the World Health Organization approves it. I hope, I hope something positive comes out of it so that we can just, you know, quit this boring life already. All right, um, on today's edition of Real Talk with Solomon, you know, um, we're having a series of males and inferiority complex. And today, you know, we're going to be having, or we have in our midst, um, Victor MCFR. I don't know if I, <laughs> if I pronounced that correctly, <laughs> but we are going to be having we are going to be having here, and you know, he's going to be talking to us about a lot of things. But you know, first I would like to just introduce him. I've known him for well over six months now. Yeah, well over six months. Um, once upon a time when I still used to go to uh, radio stations to have um, lunch hour shows, uh, I used to see him on the television then analyzing sports and stuff and then apparently he was he, he was the brother to my friend and we got talking and then here we are today so um he's a media personality and he's a sport analyst that has worked with a lot of uh, media outlets media outfits in the city of ibadan and he's doing amazingly well he, he runs a sport funded podcast uh, you should also check him out so um welcome mr victor can we meet you well uh it's a lovely time uh, actually with solomon every time and i'm so happy to be right here i've well listened to a couple of uh, the series that you have dropped and i think i've been very interested you know in how the whole thing pans out the comments although you have not even let me see some of the comments <laughs> that have been coming from them but uh really it's exciting to be here with you my name is victor makefa makefa is the right pronunciation makefa, makefa okay. yeah okay. uh it, it came out as one of my weird moments though so uh you know uh well, I'm a media personality. I talk on TV, I talk on radio, I have a, a weekly show on Saturdays on Weekend Sports, PCOS, and then I go around actually the city talking sports majorly, different radio stations, you name them. Okay. Only a few that have not touched in IBCT, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are live here. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, that that I, I'm sure of because I, I, I know someone who knows you, who I spoke with today, and then it, it mentioned. He mentioned that to me as well. All right, um, we've been treating a series on men and inferiority complex, and then you know last week I talked about um, becoming a man as a means of overcoming inferiority complex. So um, you know, one of the best ways to learn is to learn from someone who has walked a path. That way you are able to learn from experience. You know, a wise man once said that I quote, a wise man. When I say wise man, I mean myself. <laughs> a wise man once said, once said that I quote. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. A foolish mm. man learns from his. So um, we, are, we are very opportune and glad to have you here this evening. To you know, we know you had a lot of, of struggles getting here on time. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So we'd, um, we trust I'm going to have an amazing time with you. Definitely. So let's get um, straight to the point. So um, speaking of your story, speaking of your story, what would you say caused? Um, 
inferiority complex for you? What would you say cost it? Oh, well, first of all, uh, I have to appreciate my sister here, Esther, the okay. value okay. Why? Because uh, some weeks back, she made me think back. We had a sort of talk. We always have these talks most times on the dining table day. Okay. And uh, we usually talk about some stuff. And then next thing, it turned into sort of a therapy session where we were burying our minds and, you know, thinking backwards mm-hmm. about some things. And it made me realize that... Um, after I lost my dad, actually, a lot of things changed for me, even though I didn't identify it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little bit more withdrawn. I was sucking some things up. I was really hiding in my own shell mm-hmm. based on a number of factors. So uh, it sort of changed because before then, I, I thought of myself as a winner. I always, you know, thought I was the best mm-hmm. in different things. You know, primary school, you had teachers always picking you out for something and mm-hmm. then you're always getting the prizes. Every time they want to do drama, you are the first person they pick on. You know, all those things. Mm-hmm. I used to think of myself as being the big one, mm-hmm. the real deal. But when my dad passed on, that was in 2001, I felt somehow, I was still, um, I think I was almost through with primary school. I felt somehow and the ripple effect of that didn't show immediately. But somehow, someway, it started showing up uh, when I got into uh, junior secondary. Now, uh, one thing I noticed then was that um, I was doing some things that was making me feel like, you know, first off, adapting, you know, in the midst of other people is kind of different, you know, mm-hmm. when you get into a new environment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in a way, it affected how I felt mm-hmm. with these people because mm-hmm. relating with them, I knew I was somehow good inwards. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the difference now? Then I thought I was the real deal. Mm-hmm. But I got there and I knew I was somehow good. Mm-hmm. But I still felt like maybe I'm not up to the standard of those people. Mm-hmm. Then you get to meet you know, people with cliques and then you get more withdrawn. People that have known each other from you know from some few years back. Mm-hmm. Now you start to feel like, what's up with me? Maybe I don't really belong here. And then you are withdrawing more. So they do some stuff and you are trying to like... Do I really belong here? Am I sure that I can make up, up to the standards that these guys are setting? Mm. And you know, it started affecting my mentality. It started mm. affecting the way I thought, the way I would relate with them. So much that I accepted being the dirty one actually wow. in school. Like from GSS one, I became extremely dirty, so to speak. The principal always had his eyes on me, and it would be like you are my namesake, and you are always dirty. Sometimes by default, he would just say, "Call me Vito." And they already knew that this guy was going to be dirty after wow. break time. So, you know, it was one of those things. So much that even some primary school students of that secondary school I went to, some of them would even call me some names, like insultive names, but I would readily accept because I felt like, you know, like, well, it's me. Wow. You get it? So, wow. you know, it was then I started knowing that some things, but the major causal factor was the personal of my dad because then. Now, childhood, I could say it was like our friend, our brother, not just our dad, you get. Mm. So, having him had that confidence boost around. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that you knew that, you know, you had parents that, you know, were yours, mm-hmm. that were always there for you, that you could relate with. And, you know, football, music, writing. Now, he was he was that creative person. I always enjoyed every new piece that he gets. Uh, he had a shelf stocked with uh, mm-hmm. books. We always had the way, I think Esther would also relate with it. We always had the way of getting some books. I think my first you know, series of books I read was from him. So much that my best gifts back then were books, actually. You understand now? Mm-hmm. So, not having those things that would confidently you know, push my mentality now, it made me feel kind of, you understand? So, 
I think that was the major cause thing that happened right there. Wow, wow, <clears throat> wow. That was a lot. I didn't, <laughs> trust me, I didn't see that coming. I tried to, you know, think about all the possible alternatives that you would have come out through and then I didn't see that coming. So for you, your father figure was like the go-to figure when you when you needed something. He was like a source of inspiration. He was that person that you found that confidence in and then having him leave at that point just meant like a huge chunk of your life was taken away. Hmm. Okay. Alright, so um, let's go straight to the next question. So, um, when did you know that you had to work on yourself? Was there a particular event that happened that you just thought, okay, I'm getting tired of this, I need to work on myself? What happened? Well, um, I would say, I would say, uh, it changed, you know, uh, due to some factors. Mm. Uh, I think it wasn't just an immediate change. Some things led to some things and, you know, it was actually a reminiscing moment on those things that changed my mm. mind. Uh, senior secondary, I went to Wesley College of Science, actually, and uh, I played the trant a lot, even though my mom didn't know that. I actually almost, there were some classes I was always missing, mm. and I was relating with some guys. Now, I knew that, you know, along the line, I knew that I wasn't really supposed to be hanging out with these guys, mm-hmm. but we were always going to the plantation, we had a place we called plantation back then, we were always doing stuff, and even then, I knew that something in me was different, but mm-hmm. I always just played along just so that I would feel amongst, so that I would be among the top guys, mm-hmm. and people would say, okay, this guy belongs, you get? Mm-hmm. But I still still didn't see that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So I got into, then I was still there, I got into university. Mm-hmm. My first year, I wasn't still there. I had very poor results, University of Ibado, so much that, <laughs> it's a very funny story actually. That I had issues everywhere, but if there was one hundred level student that all my seniors in the Department of Physiotherapy, College of Medicine, University of Ibadan wanted to progress, then into twenty level physiotherapy, it was me. It was me right there because from the very first training session, I played football a lot, so that has been my own. Uh, that has been something that kept up my self-esteem right there because. A lot of people always like, okay, Victor, come and play. This guy is there, you know, that and that. But when I got to the first training and my first few touches, they said, this guy must be in the team. So much that they said, okay, he has to play in this position. Like, he has to stay somewhere here. So I had those issues, you know, I was sort of, I was not really talking. I was working with some of the seniors right there and I was watching them, understanding them a lot, do some stuff. And... Along the point, I had to withdraw from physiotherapy because I didn't meet up with the course requirements for physics. You know, you have to pass a certain number of uh, units in the physics department to progress to the next level, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And it was quite disheartening for me. Now, the thing is, then, these seniors actually picked up their phones and called me and they were actually trying to, you know, boost my morale up, say some stuff. And, you know, the words of one of them caught me like, he always knew I was different, that whatever I was doing, I should just continue doing it right, that if, if it was my dream to still be in physiotherapy, I should pursue it, but if not, so it was, you know, it was saying a lot of words, and it caught me, like I said, I was a shining star, I was a real deal, I was a unique person, mm-hmm. and I was like, I hadn't really had that since. In a very long time. So, 
you know, speaking with him actually, Kennedy, I'm sure he doesn't really remember it then. Uh, there was this other senior, uh, Wally, he was in JCI then. One of the reasons I didn't even end up joining JCI was the inferiority complex. Mm. I passed the interview, I was supposed to come for the induction ceremony, mm. but I felt like maybe how would I flow with these people? We are going to be traveling, we are going to be talking because mm. I saw people in the sessions that they held. And you no, know, I felt like will I be able to do like them? People. And I remember that back then when I was much younger, in church, in school, I was always picked for quiz, surgery, debates, and all of that. Mm. So how did I now end up being that person who you know would what shy away from that? Mm. So it's it felt somehow like you know I started to have some issues with myself. And then somehow, some way, after the JCI issue, I saw some people that I knew were no better than me join JCI. Wow. No disrespect to mm-hmm. any of them. But I was like, seriously, I did this to myself. Mm. So from 200 level onwards, I started feeling like I should be doing this. Then I was fortunate enough to be in a set of a football team, the generation of physiology, because I moved to the physiology department. And playing football with them, I had um, Lobitz, DJ Lobitz, he was part of the team. That generation was like one of the best generations that they had in physiology when you talk about football. Mm-hmm. We got into, I think, uh, yes, we almost won actually, almost got into the finals of the uh, um, Provost Cup right there. And, you know, I was an, a member of the team, I was an integral part, and just a few mistakes cost us. And Playing with them actually gave me that energy, that boost. It changed the thinking for me more. You know, it was coming from there, from the past of physiotherapy, down to when I was playing with them. I've seen that you almost attained something, and people are like, this guy would be one of the best, you know, when it comes to college of medicine right there. So, football in a way actually changed, you know, the whole thing for me. It was always my passion. Mm. And then some people started noticing that I knew music. Mm. They saw me expressing music at that same time. Talking with those seniors actually helped me because mm-hmm. some people in Kutiol were talking music, and then they saw that I had an in depth knowledge of Nigerian music, the artists, their history, you know, all these things. Now it's combined in a way to make sure that uh, my mind started growing bigger. Like I started seeing myself work with them, and you know, there's this thing about working with some people, and I started noticing that some of the things I thought. I didn't have that could make me do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Some people were actually looking at me, That's jealous it. of mm. me that mm. I had some things that mm. they didn't have. And I was also envious of those people. So I was like, really? So it started changing the way I thought mm. about a lot of things and it got me better. So was it like a hype or somebody just healed you and said, ah, this guy, you can do this, you can do that. Was that <laughs> what made you come to the realization of you could actually do those things well you know there's a tipping point in everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a build up there are some things that put you in good stead mm. that make sure that when that opportunity came something would happen like a catalyst mm. would happen right there so it was not just that one thing it was a series of things that you know helped push around the same time wow wow that's that was that was a lot okay um <clears throat> to the next question next question what were the major challenges you encountered while trying to overcome the inferiority complex? Ah, well, major challenges. Uh, there was a lot actually. You know, before you start tuning yourself to mm-hmm. change your mindset, 
there would be a lot of self doubts too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Bigger than what you had when you had the inferiority complex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then there would be a lot of um, questions. Like you'd be looking at some people like you're supposed to know that I'm trying to do this, mm. and then they're not giving me the chance to do that. You get mm-hmm. and. Uh, first of let me let me put it this way now. It's it's quite hilarious when I think of it this way. Losing some football games actually made me feel like ah, really, really. You know when you feel like you are trying to do some stuff, you are trying to be more confident, and then you are still making some mistakes, and it's costing you. Mm. You know, uh, playing as a defender now. Uh, you know, I had a partnership with one of my friends then, and. I was able to do some stuff. I'm sorry I'm titting towards football too No, it's okay, much, it's okay, it's okay. But it was one of those routines that really helped. Now, when I had those challenges on the pitch, it sort of built me because some people were like, there, there was this teammate I had later on that kept saying, I trust you, Victor. Last man, I trust you. Mm. You get? Mm. So, I was making those mistakes. I was having those challenges, trying to do some stuff. And... I kept failing at something, some moves that you would try to make as a footballer. And somehow it's made me think in a different light. Mm. Then, you know, it trans translated to, you know, my academic performance too. To any level, I wasn't really still there. I was trying to do some things too, but I wasn't really still there. I was having difficulties with some courses and I was still sort of withdrawn. I was supposed to beat some people for help. I was supposed to go to some tutorials. I was supposed to actually read with some guys. But I wasn't doing it because I felt like even if I do it safe, what would yeah. the end result be? So uh, the biggest challenges for me was actually killing myself inside. Mm-hmm. Not what some people had to say about me, but mm-hmm. the fact that I was hurting myself more mm-hmm. and the fact that I knew that I could do some stuff, but I wasn't doing it. And also the fact that I kept, uh, kept uh, feeling... I sort of kept feeling my mom, uh, you know, uh, it felt somehow for me because I felt like I was supposed to be doing some things to make sure that my mom uh, was really, really uh, happy about some things that I did. So, uh, you know, it, it killed me sort of inside and I knew that I wasn't really excited about those things. So, uh, it killed some moves that I was actually supposed to do, you know, as well that I'm a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Now, I had, you know, the mindset of going into that back then. Mm. I was supposed to roll with some people who were actually DJs then. I remember the likes of DJ Sexy used to come to UI to perform, SUB, The Pool, and all of that. Then DJ Lobito was also starting up then. Was it starting up or he was into it already? He used to be the one that would DJ at uh, the Freshers Welcome, the orientation, and all of that. And you know, I was like, I always looked at his setup, and then all of mm-hmm. that. I was supposed to start. But I always withdrew because I felt like a lot of people are better than me. Now, uh, it was one uphill task for me to say I wanted to join and do some stuff. There are groups that I was supposed to join in, people I was supposed to talk with them, but I kept withdrawing. And, you know, my academic performance, my footballing, music, you know, speaking with some people now, music and all of that, it killed a lot of things. Then I used to even write some songs. I know Esther would really laugh at the very first verse that I wrote back then. Uh, I used to really write songs out. I used to have punchlines. I used to have favorite rappers that I wanted to be like. And then, actually, a couple of guys listened to me freestyle one day. They actually told me that, okay, let's go to the studio. Like, they were going to the studio that weekend, and I should go with them. 
you know, drop a verse or just be around them in the studio that they love the vibes. And they sort of looked at me like, why was I withdrawing? You understand now? So it gave a different perspective to different things that was happening back then and it was really bad for me. And so it was it was it was really sad that I didn't make a lot of moves back then. And each time I kept beating myself up for that. Wow. So um the, now this is not part of the questions I have, but let me just ask it anyways. Do you actually regret not taking those steps, those moves back then? Well, well, now, uh, given that my mind has grown bigger, first off, I, on one side, I would say there are some regrets, okay, because I know that I would have done some things. Secondly, I thought of it this way, the process, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the process actually meant that I was able to touch more areas of personal development mm-hmm. than I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. If I had made those moves then, if I had done some things then, mm-hmm. I might not have liberated my own mind like mm-hmm. I would. I would have done some things mm-hmm. that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And now I feel, okay, I agree. There was a process. Mm-hmm. There are some things I only have to reach better and higher. Mm-hmm. So I think overall, now thinking of it in totality, I think I don't really regret it. Mm-hmm. Alright, fantastic. Um, we'll be going on a very short musical break. And when we are back, we'll just have one more question and then we are good to go. Um, don't touch the dial, still on Really Talk with Solomon. I'm going to be playing, I wouldn't say the familiar song, but it's from the South to Soul album. The album they dropped in 2012, titled Generation. Enjoy.
welcome back from that short musical break. That was um, Soul Generation from Saudi Soul. Um, talks about um, helping your brother out instead of trying to compete with him. Talks more about collaboration over competition, and you know, they talk more about you won't you won't die if you help somebody. <laughs> Basically, you won't die. I, I think that's the best way to explain it. So you won't die if you help someone. And then helping someone doesn't even make you bad, it actually makes you better. Still on um really talk with Solomon, we have Mark Effa in the in the studio and you know he's taking us through through his life, um how you know Freddy's complex started out for him, you know, um the demise of his father, who he actually looked up to growing up, and you know, there were a lot of turns, you know, like I say, there's 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 no fixed template for these things. It's, it's, it's like cut to fit. Circumstances differ, people differ, and then the, the results and how you get out of it differs. So um, I hope you've been able to pick one or two things. You know, uh, one of the things that I just learned from him was he was doing something. He was doing something, he was not idle, he was doing something. Okay, um, for the final question, which is, which is like the big bomb, um, I want you to tell us about your overcomer story. <laughs> the overcomer story. When did you? When did you? When did you overcome it? How did it happen? How did you feel? Well, um, <laughs> well, it's quite hilarious now. Uh, um, you know, I've been mentioning some things uh, okay. while uh, while I was talking about the whole thing. Then, now the thing is, actually, there's no there's no straight rule. What works for me might not really work for you. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some basic things that you need to actually do that will tilt you mm-hmm. towards something that would help you feel better, something okay. that would help you uh, feel more more of yourself, mm-hmm. out of your own shell, and I think it will help you really express yourself the way you really should be doing. Mm-hmm. And along the line, it will also help you streamline the things that you should really be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I said I love football. I loved reading a whole lot back then. I loved music, entertainment, and all of that. And I love talking about all those things, analyzing all those things. Now, uh, you know, I told you about everything into university days, and it got to a point now, you know, after I had that tipping point where a lot of people talked about it, 200 level, I think in my third year in UI, I felt a bit more liberated mm-hmm. than I was in my life. Why? Because, you know, I started finding out that people respected my takes on some things. How did I find out? Some of the people I really respected, like I thought these people are bigger than me in so and so areas, I found out that they would get into some talks and they would use some of the lines, some of the things that I said. Mm-hmm. They would use it in conversations. They would say some stuff. And then there was a time I was talking somewhere. I didn't know someone was eavesdropping. And you know, I said some statements right there. It was a football issue. It was something related to football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I later had the person making a case. And he used those exact same lines. And then afterwards, the person came to meet me and said, Guy, this thing that you said that day, like, I like how you said it and what you said. And then, you know, we got talking and he became my friend from that day. 
Then there is this person, Sofly. Uh, well, a lot of people went to UI, uh, UCH, College of Medicine would know Sofly, the doctor. He was a very great friend. Uh, his room was just next to mine when I was in 200 level. He was part of those that kept speaking with me. Mm-hmm. And there were times, you know, he would do some stuff and I was really enthralled by what he did. I really wanted to be there with him. And then, you know, we would get into some freestyles, we would talk about some stuff, and he would still, you know, pat me on the back and, you know, we would talk about stuff. And the way he always took me, like he would talk about stuff and it kept giving me that ginger. Mm. So I didn't feel at loss. It didn't make me feel like I was his youngin. It made me feel more like his friend. Mm. And then I saw the way people revered him. So there was a time he made me meet some of the top artists in UI there. Mm-hmm. Likes of uh, uh, the comedy section, we had MC Rain, we had um, Sage Black, Tomiwa, and then we had Dizzy. Dizzy was uh, one of the biggest rappers that okay. passed UI then. Then he made me know them. Mm. And, you know, meeting them and having conversations with them. Football-wise, too, I knew some of the guys in the UI team. Mm-hmm. I was speaking with some of them. You know, sometimes we play football together. And then, you know, hearing, you know, when you're on the football pitch with some people, you know, you hear the term senior man a lot. And then, you know, you're tapping and you're like, senior man passing like this. You know, somehow, some way, those words became affirmative in the mind. Mm-hmm. Then, moving around with some people helped. So all in all, I would say I trained more, I became better, and then moving into that, getting into the final year, I was the captain of the physiology team. I was like the one who had the core of the team. I, I made sure that some members of the 100 level, 200, 300 were in the team. And the feeling we had, training together, I was very fit then. I had road walks, I did a lot of stuff. I was also into like talking with some people, music, like some people would even come to me for advice. Uh, there was this artist, uh, Juice, uh, Juice, he worked with Spiral Freeze uh, at some time uh, in UI. I was the one who pushed him when I was in 300 level, I think. Yes, I pushed him to actually go make a freestyle. He was talking about making a freestyle. So I pushed him to go make a freestyle when they were having their freshers work on. And that freestyle got him some, you know, some shows there and some people started feeling him so i felt like if i can't push someone and he's very bad around you are like this then i mean i should feel good myself so you know those things started building myself and then i was starting to think of myself in a different light some people started seeing me differently mm-hmm. and then some people you know i started reacting less to some jokes that some people passed around and some things that they said so i felt like okay if i can do this then i can be better so I read up, uh, I'm not very much, much conversant with Facebook posts now. I used to have some Facebook posts that I would talk about some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, doing some things. And then I found out that, you know, for most guys now, you would always feel like you cannot really talk with some girls. You can't really do some <laughs> stuff. You understand it now? You get complex. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, and then I realized that some words, some things that I said made some people feel me. Uh, uh, there were some Facebook posts that I had then, some things I dropped, some things I said with some people that made them actually like really feel me. Sometimes I would see like, okay, I'm not meeting them in person, but this is what, what I'm dropping right there. And these people are feeling me. They are saying this stuff. And then there was the era of to go. 
before before my friend left you know the era of to go i would get into i'll just some night i'll just go into some random rooms chat rooms i mostly went for music and all of that all these music rooms and then i would see some people i, I met a couple of contacts from there and then you know i'll see them dropping lines i'll be like what's this jacko jacko thing that you are saying and then i'll start dropping lines making rhymes doing all of that and then some people noticed me then and then that was how I got in contact with there was this this guy who was a presenter in a radio station in Oshun State. He always had this show. So he always broadcasted like he always told people on the, about the show on the to go church room. I always entered in the room and then he would always like people should call in. So there was a day I waited by the phone. He had one artist come through for the show. I called in, I dropped some lines, the artist praised my lines, you know, all of that. So I felt like, okay, musically, I'm there. Uh, Football-wise, okay, I'm getting there. <laughs> so, you know, I started feeling more of myself. I started coming out of my shell. I was more in command. Now, the captain band for the football team actually made me feel more expressive because I started talking with the referee more. Now, not out of like that anger that um, I'm complaining, stressing, foul me or anything, but I was more commanding. And that was when some people started talking about me being Sajiramos. If you listen to my shows now, I love people say I'm Sajiramos and a lot of that. I've been using it for my uh, sports shows around. That was the beginning of you know, that word because you know, the commanding defender, the one who would coordinate, the one who would do this. So I started being more confident with my abilities all around. And I started doing more. I felt like okay, I was capable of doing some stuff, and I was capable of talking, speaking with people. Mm. So it's sort of built what I had inside of me, made me feel superior to the Victor Makefa that was back then. You know, in those years, so it made me feel very much better. And then you know, uh, um, going into service year, I think service year was almost my second or third best year. Uh, because you know i got into service in camp i was doing a lot of stuff i was able to actually go out and say you know i was thinking twice at first but then i said victor you can't do it so i went out uh we had in our platoon we had this uh, election thing you had to campaign you had to you know say why you should be voted for in the position i said i was going for the sports uh what's it called i actually campaigned for one of my guys anthony he was my close friend uh, and you know he was able to be the platoon leader for our platoon, platoon seven. I was supposed to get in for the platoon sports uh, director then, but I lost uh, by you know a small margin to the other guy. Uh, his physique actually helped. You know, he looked, he looked like all these people that are gym. But all in all, I was the one who acted more. So you know, I was the first person on the road for our football team from platoon. I was always there. And then I actually helped coach uh, ladies, people that barely knew what volleyball was called. I helped coach them till they got to the final. And we were beaten by the best team. But the girls felt proud, like everyone was really happy because they didn't know about food. I had people that had given birth, I had people that didn't, like barely exercised. I had people that were scared, they came out of their shells to actually join the volleyball team. Now, you see the way my face is lighting up at what these people did. I was really excited for them then, and even uh, uh, the soldiers assigned to our platoon were really happy. Now, you know, from the camp, getting to, you know, the real PPA now, a lot of people are really, like, ah, they knew me from 
then like this guy ah in platinum seven like the new so I was like all the more myself and you know a lot of people back then the people that were in batch A were really feeling oh this guy Victor and then the very the very first birthday party that we had then I didn't even think I was going to do it like I was always playing with uh, you know with software on my system so I I was you know in talks with one of them and the guy was like. Uh, you know, uh, I should just come for the birthday party. Like, you know, I'm one of the trending guys in my own set. I should just come and all of that. So the guy I was DJing was one of his friends. So he just like all of a sudden the guy, people are complaining about his, his music and all of that. So they were like, let's send this guy out, Dari. Like he should just be dancing because it seemed like he was only playing songs that he wanted to dance to. But me, I felt like okay, let me just go and save the day a little bit. Like I was just like, let me do it now. For me, saving the day was something I always had in my mind most times. Like, I always say, let me just go and save the day. But I'll sit down on the seat and I'll not do anything. So, one girl just pushed me. I've forgotten her name now. I think, okay, Dami. Yeah, Dami. Dami was in our set. Uh, you know, we were friends then. And she was always like, guy, you know how to dance. Dance. You know how to do this song. Just go and do it. Like, you talk about this thing. Just go and do it. So, she was like, guy, don't play on my jade. Hey, it wasn't better or going. So, I was just like, just went there. And then within five minutes, everyone was dancing, even the people that didn't really want to dance. And for the next hour, we were all dancing so much that people started thinking that maybe we are not going on tonight. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. So this DJ thing is for me. And since then, uh, I had, uh, you know, even the indigenous DJs in that place, they started calling me for shows that they had performances I should come and, uh, you know, join them. Uh, I had copper friends also say, okay, guy, come and DJ at this event. And then I had one of uh, the people there, he had a bar. So he always made sure that I come around almost every night. And then he, he would just say, I don't have much to give you, but you know, like, just just come around. And then Steve was his name, was our neighbor. So he was always like, and that was like, I think the number two bar in the land. And I was almost every night playing there. So all in all, I would say, uh, if you want to overcome a lot of things actually in life, I think you should exercise more. Exercise more. Why? Because when uh, when your mind is active, when your mind is active, you get to you know actually uh, do some more. When you know you have that fitness in you, you get to think of yourself better, you express yourself better. So I think exercising regularly. Would keep you fitter and then also uh talk with people join groups express yourself like when you join groups pull yourself just pull yourself together and try to make something happen i think readily you would get to that point where you would just overcome this thing without even thinking about it thank you so 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 much for for sharing your story with us uh, it means a lot um to everybody listening out there um i'm sure you picked one or two things from the things that he said so, uh, of course, if you'd like to listen to this podcast once again, just, you know, search for us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and then you can always find us there and then listen as well as, you know, share to people that you feel might need these things. Thank you once again, uh, Mark Effa, for sharing your story with us on Talk with Solomon. Uh, we do hope to have you some other time in the future. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you once again. Um, to everyone that stayed to the end, uh, we are grateful. Do have a wonderful evening.